Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, Top of the Charts Tuesday. I told Patrick he puts way too much thought into these musically themed days, and it'll force you to go down a rabbit hole, something dark. We had a texter who was brought to tears because he brought back memories and nostalgia, thinking about his dad and that song. And if you go down rabbit hole, think about the uh, the creator of that, with the Green Beret ballad. Was it the ballad of the Green Beret, yeah. Yes, exactly. Patrick, <laughs> thank you, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, way too deep on a Tuesday, man. I just, I just remembered the song from my childhood. <laughs> was, you didn't know the background? I did not know all of the background, no. Well, just, I, knew, you, I knew the song because my grandfather was in the military. Wow. Well, Google it, guys. We're not going to get into it, but we got into it a little bit, but we only hit the tip of the iceberg, the surface of this that damn thing, and it's... Wow, it's dark. It's a dark, dark <laughs> rabbit hole. Just warning there. Anyway, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, right now, not a dark, dark rabbit hole. Usually, it's kind of a dark rabbit hole, uh, deep diving about the Cowboys, but not this offseason. If anybody could have won the offseason, you would think it would be these Dallas Cowboys. They've made some moves. We'll talk about those moves coming up here uh, in just a second. You can be a part of the show. Specs text on 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, real MVP. It's, it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, how about this, man? How about them Cowboys and the moves they're made? So even as we have started the show, Cowboys have made another move. Talk about it. They re-signed Dante Fowler. He's back with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, They signed him to a one-year deal, so nothing nothing special. Uh, He signs a one-year deal. And remember, he had six sacks, seven tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. Dan Quinn likes him because Dan Quinn has a history. With Dante Fowler going all the way back to his time at Florida. Yep. When Dan Quinn was there at Florida with him. Um, so he likes Fowler, always has. And Fowler has actually had some of his, played some of his best football now under Dan Quinn. And prior to this Dante Fowler move, remember uh, we had told you that the Cowboys signed Ronald Jones, uh, running back, yep. to uh, a, a deal as well. And they now have the running back position at least addressed. They also have now a, at least address you know defensive end edge rusher I think the only position that is of any need that you can throw out there as a need for the Cowboys would be interior D-line because yep. they, they traded for Jonathan Hankins and Jonathan Hankins is now uh, a free agent but Oza, I think Oza Odigizua remember Odigizua has had a hell he had a hell of a season yeah. Odigizua was awesome. Odigizua ended up having 26 defensive stops, 31 pressures, four sacks. He was great, but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, size, Cardi B size, making the second size, but is that he's a great pass rusher. And the liability in this game is as a run stopper. He's going to get better as a run stopper, but you need an interior D lineman that can be a run stopper. Remember what I told you guys? Every house needs a plunger. I don't know where your plunger is. Some people keep it by the toilet. Some people keep it out in the garage. Some people keep it out in the back. Some people said, I don't want people to see this eyesore in my house because people don't really brag about their plungers. But you need one because when the fit hits the shan and you ain't got a toilet, literally, you ain't got a, a plunger and your toilet's overflowing with uh, whatever it's overflowing with, all right, you 
you're going to be crying and praying and wishing that you had a plunger. That essentially is what the run stuffing kind of double team taking uh, gap clogging defensive tackle is these days. Jonathan Hankins was there for the Cowboys. They had to trade to go get one. The Eagles had to trade to go get two as well. They trade to go get Nodama Kingsu, Linville Joseph. They also traded to, sorry, they, they drafted Jordan Davis. So they had three of them. Some people, you need more than one plunger in the house. You may need one in every bathroom. That's what the Cowboys need right now at that D tackle. Every every team needs one, by the way. We were talking on Long Wind Blitz about uh, Keandre Coburn because he every team needs a Coburn. Every team needs a plunger. Cowboys. Uh, and the Cowboys need one, too. That's why they traded for Jonathan Hankins. They may resign him, but if they don't, they can go get Keandre Coburn. My man Jeff Howe told me, Keandre Coburn told him he's, he's visited with almost all the teams in the league. Why? Because yeah. every team needs a Coburn. Like, every house needs a plunger. Yep. <laughs> and the, the NFL that's built on the zone-blocking run scheme, sideline to sideline, everybody's built on speed. Everybody's built on chasing down those gaps as they're created to stretch you horizontally. Well, the counter for offenses is they go counter, literally, and power and gap schemes right at you, and teams can't handle it. That's why the Eagles found out that they had an Achilles heel last season. So with the Cowboys with their rush defense, you better have that one player who can clog a damn gap and take a double team. And if you ain't got that... Your defense is already exploitable, period. Yep. And the Eagles found it out, and so with the Cowboys. That is what they need to figure out next. That's Jonathan Hankins. They got to do that. But other than that, everything else they've done, I really like. Don't go to the grocery store hungry because you're going to end up buying way too much food. <laughs> don't go to the draft desperate because you're going to end up you know, taking a position <clears throat> that you really don't need. You're going to end up hurting yourself rather than helping yourself. Cowboys, they will go into this draft without a need at any position if they address interior defensive time. Uh, and Edwarder and a couple other people are reporting that – the next priority for the Cowboys in re-signing a free agent is Hankins. Yeah. yeah. So they have not done a deal yet, but that is the report, is that they are working on that deal currently. Who Absolutely. the hell is running this Cowboys offseason? This is not Jerry Jones and Steven Jones. <laughs> no. Something it, is happening here. They this probably, is based on the they, body snatchers. Did they probably let Will Clay finally have this? this, this are they, is, are they is, Jerry, is Jerry on the yacht and they don't have a cell phone connection? Yeah, they, come back and be mad. Him, you know, it's Jerry, just, he brought the – the tower with him. Jerry's got that tower, his cell phone tower connected right. to He's his got one yacht. on the yacht. He's got, He's got one on, on the yacht. yacht. It's a mini, mini he tower. called the right people and put it on the He's yacht. He's got a satellite cell phone. But I also want to make sure that, you know, it doesn't go under the radar as well. You know, we've been talking about the running back position. Malik Davis is still there. They just signed Ronald Jones. Obviously, Tony Pollard has the franchise tag. They also re-signed Rico Dowell. He's back mm, yeah. with them as well. That was one that they did earlier today that nobody's really talking about because why would we? But they have uh, another running back that is in the fray as well. They still have Will Greer as the backup to Cooper Rush. I know everybody remembers him from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. He's still part of the Dallas Cowboys too. But I 100% agree with you. I love the fact that they got back Dante Fowler. Uh, but the main thing is – Patrick just pointed out, and you were talking about it previously, the fact that you're going to try to get that run stopper in the middle, and I still think you draft one. You're going to have room later in the draft to be able to do that, to bring somebody that can be educated by these older players and get their opportunity a little bit later and possibly make an impact some point this year. But if you can go and get one right now, I think that's perfect.
Yeah, I think they might end up getting the D tackle now, and they could get one late in the draft. Hell, mm-hmm. that is, like I said, that's that's not Kendrick Coburn's per se, but it could be a guy that fits that you know that skill set of a Kendrick Coburn. And you know, like you, you start looking at any other position where there is a express urgent need for the Cowboys. If I would, if I would go with a second uh, option, it'd probably be O line. Because I, I, no. I like what they've done with the O-line, but we don't know what's happening with Tyron Smith. Nobody's really sure about that. They're, they don't have like an urgent need there, but if you just want to solidify and stabilize every position in the offseason going into the draft, I would go interior D-tackle, Jonathan Hankins, as Patrick just mentioned. They're already thinking about addressing it, and I would probably go with an offense, a, a you know, a uh, oh, you know what? I take that back. They did. They they signed an offensive lineman. They signed yeah, Chuma Edoja. Yep. yep. Yeah, Today I too. take it back. They just signed him. My yeah, bad. he's a there swing guy. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I yeah. swear, I swear, I was just about to say I would sign a guy that can play multiple yeah. positions on the O line. Yeah, he's a swing guy. They already signed one. They they signed yep. him. He's a he was a third round pick in 2019. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He was hurt prior to yep. this year, and that's why he's okay. been able to bounce well, around. He was a third round pick, so that's definitely a value person right there because he does. He would everybody looked at him as a high draft pick. So if you could pick him up and place him in there to move him around. That's perfect. Yeah. They're being smart. 13 stars. I have no idea who's running the Cowboys right now. I I would, honestly, I don't know if there's a weekend at Bernie. Have we seen Jerry? And <laughs> have we seen Jerry walking around? Is this not a weekend at Bernie? I or did something? see a picture of him is it, on the is boat. Him? And he is, had, is anybody like holding him up? That like, might be. Like, it what might is be. happening? Well, no, because then we would have already heard that Jerry, I mean, uh, Jimmy Johnson's going in the ring of honor. <laughs> that, so if that, that happens next, <laughs> we know. Weekend at Jerry's. They are propping Jerry up. This is not real. I, said, I think what happened. Yeah. I think what happened was Jerry realized all these other billionaires are trying to be crazy. So now he's going to be sane to equal back <laughs> out the billionaire pile. Because he was like, I've been the crazy billionaire for. For 20, 30 years now, wow. you got to even it back out with all these other crazy billionaires. It sound, that that theory is as plausible as any because I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. This is very uncharacteristic of them, but it is. I don't know if a team's had a better offseason. Right. Give so me, far. Give me a team that's had a better offseason than the Cowboys. I think the Texans have done a really good the job Texans this offseason. The Texans have done a good job. Thank, I think thank you. Done a, thank you. Yeah. Thank I, you, I, think that, I think they have done a Please really go good job. With the way, and we were talking about this, and after we left yesterday, I was thinking about it a little bit more. We were talking about them making all the moves, the Texans, that is, that are making all these moves because they want to make sure that they protect the the young quarterback that they're going to draft. But I think it's even more so, I think Casario is looking at it and saying, okay, we had Lovey Smith, we had uh, David Culley, Things didn't go out well. We had uh, Bill O'Brien, mm. and we've made a bunch of changes at our head coach's position, but now we need to make another position to make sure that everybody, including the young quarterback, but most importantly, D'Amico Ryans. This is a big step for him as well, and you don't want to put him in a situation where regardless of how good of a coach we think D'Amico Ryans is on the defensive side, he wants to be a great head coach. So let's put enough pieces around him so at least he can go out there and compete. And that's the thing that I was looking at. So I would say they have done a really, really good job. That, Our man Wag says Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, Miami, I, I, I like what Miami did about what they did to running back. They just brought yeah. all their guys back and signed them, and they need them all. Uh, for Miami, 
defensively. I, yep. I, I they brought mean, in. They, they brought a couple of pieces in defensively. Yep. P.J. Locke is on that team with Brandon Jones. They yeah. brought those people in. Think about that. They they trying to build a thing down there in Miami with them with them Longhorns. They well, they need to. I mean, they they have a chance. They, yeah. They thought last year third string quarterback. Playing, you know, down to the wire with with Buffalo Jaylen Ramsey's down there. Yeah, Buffalo in that game. That yep. They thought, man, they had a chance, you know, even with a third string quarterback to win the game potentially. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I understand what they're doing. I like Miami. I, I listen. I, I think the Cowboys, though, I think they've had a better offseason. Not PJ Locke, Deshaun Elliott. Sorry about that, Deshaun Elliott. Not PJ Locke. Yeah, he's still with the Broncos, right? Yeah. Um, I and Jalen Ramsey, baby. I think the Cowboys, other than misreading the running back market. That's my yep. only criticism. I think yep. they tragically misread the running back market. But even getting Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones two years ago, this is a guy that ended up averaging around, what, two five 5.1 yards per carry? Yeah. I mean, he was one of the top 12 best running backs overall in the NFL two years ago. And I think the Cowboys are hoping they can get some of that. But you could have gotten, man, you could have gotten so many good players for Shot Penny, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman you is the one that really hurt me. Great, that was the one. You could have gotten great players for really, really cheap at the running back position. And the Cowboys misread that market. And they end up with Ronald Jones. Nothing wrong with that. But like I said, you could have gotten way more value at the running back position than they yeah. did. So that's my only criticism. Um, I like what Miami's done, like I said. But like I said, Cowboys, I don't know if they had a Better offseason than the Cowboys. No, Brandon I'm, I'm Cooks. I'm on that. Brandon Cooks for yeah. a fifth and a sixth, and the Texans are going to pay a third of the salary. And by the Winning. way, they, they just restructured him. Yeah, and they restructured. They just restructured them Brandon Cooks again. They restructured Brandon Cooks again, and they basically took the uh, the eight million of the twelve million they owed him because the Texans were going to pay six of the eighteen million, so that brings it down to twelve million. And they restructured eight of that to basically turn it into a bonus for him, and they paid him basically in cash. And now he has a four million dollar salary, and now he'll only count six million against the cap. Mm-hmm. So they get him even cheaper than they did before. Uh, a, a, a this is a version of what my man Patrick always brings up the cash over cap thing where they basically decided oh, let's just pay a lot of cash up front for him that way we're not linked to him at all like there's no we, we he's, it's a smaller number against the cap but also we got no ties to him in 2024 it's basically a version yeah, of we, cash we have our cap. we have our choice of if we want to keep him depending on what he does this year depending on who we draft and what we but yeah I, I yeah they think the Cowboys have put themselves. I think a lot of other guys have made good splash moves. I think the Lions had a good offseason, too. I like them. I, I think the Cowboys, it's in comparison to every one of their other offseasons, they're winning on the fact that this is the offseason where you're like, oh, they're fixing, like, they're actually looking at their problems objectively and bringing in the right guys and trying to fill holes without just with a hope and a prayer in the draft that certain guys fall to them and they're able to put it together. Like I said, it's a lot of things we've criticized about the Cowboys. I've criticized their inability to maximize the trade market, and they are overly invested in just the draft and undrafted free agents. They've made two of the savviest trades of the offseason by getting Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore for two-fifths and a sixth-round pick. Uh, they also got both of those guys at bargain basement deals. Now, base salary of both of those guys combined is going to be $16 million. 
Yeah. You can, you can, you're going to yeah. get Stephen Gilmore for $12 million, just negotiate it. Sorry, restructure, restructure. the deal. Uh, Brandon Brand Cook's down yep. to $4 million base salary for him. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's how deal. bad he wanted and to get out of there. It is, but also they gave him cash up front. So yeah, I mean, that helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, but then they, they said them using cash over cap, something they were unwilling to do a couple of years ago when the Rams won the Super Bowl with that as one of their main methodologies. It's, like I said, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm I'm flabbergasted, and I don't use that word a lot as a black man. I'm flabbergasted. I've, I'm dumbstruck by what they've done. I this is this doesn't look like the Dallas Cowboys, and it's uncharacteristic of them in a really really good way that they are maximizing all of these other avenues to acquire talent, but also to seek value. Yep. Cash over cap, the trade market. Like I said, if they wouldn't have misread the running back market, they'd be in the midst of having damn near a perfect offseason. In my opinion. But you know, sometimes you can't. You, that's just like going over there and saying, hey, man, he's throwing a no hitter. And then all of a sudden you jinxed him. So it's okay. They, met, they, they, they had one mess up. They didn't throw a perfect game. They made some other things happen. I'm being very, very pleased with the way that they are handling this offseason. As you said, this may be weekend at Bernie's, weekend at Jerry's, <laughs> but I'm going to ride with it and do everything I possibly can because I've not been this excited during the offseason ever. They even played the Dalton Schultz thing brilliantly. Exactly. He, he should have went back to the Cowboys and said, hey, I'll take that three-year, what are they offering, three years, $12 million a year? He was mad, man, I'll because of his emotion. He got emotional with it. He was like, they didn't want to give me the money. And now no one is giving you the money. Didn't you send me the tweet that the, yes. that the deal that we thought one year, $9 million, is not actually even that? It's not even for that. For Dalton Schultz? Nope. Right, because that's yeah. it's not all guaranteed. No, it's worse. It's like three, three, a third of that is incentive based. It, it is, is worse. A third of that incentive based, or like half of it incentive based. It's, it's worse the deal. A third, a third. A third yes, of it incentive. Yeah, I think it was like six point two five. Yes, guaranteed and two point seven five in incentives. He should have ran back to the Cowboys and say uh, that three year thirty six million dollar deal. I will take it. As a matter of fact, I will take three years thirty million. I'll I'll give you a discount. Right, because he just got yes. shafted. I mean, that's crazy. Hey. I'm going to, in about the third round, you're going to feel a sting. Don't worry about it. That's pride. That's pride messing with you. Marcellus Wallace is Jerry Jones right now. In about the fifth round, you're going to feel a sting. Don't worry about it. That's your pride messing with you. It was. Go ahead and take this money. You going to play for the Texans? Exactly. You going to let the Texans get a deal on you? The Texans? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a great deal for the Texans, by the way. I love there that. There it is. And the Texans also are assigning a center, uh, Michael Dieter. Dieter? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a backup mostly, but here's the kicker. He worked, he basically worked in Mike McDaniel's system there in Miami, which is the zone blocking system, system that Bobby Slowick wants to run because they were both under the Shanahan clan, uh, there in San Francisco at one time. So they want to run the same system, and this guy knows how to run those zone blocking concepts that Mike McDaniel ran in Miami because he was there as a backup center slash guard. And a lot of people think that, um, he can compete with Scott Quiz. Yep. For the starting spot. For the spot. starting spot. Yep. I would say this the Texans O line. I never thought I'd say this. Texans O line looks pretty damn good right now. It's, 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 it's you, beefing it, up. You got man. Laramie Tunsil, a guy who allowed, I think Laramie Tunsil allowed one sack 
all yep. season long. He allowed one sack all season long. So you got Laramie Tunsil on the uh, offensive line. Uh, at the other tackle, you have Titus Howard. Those are two first-round picks. Shaq Mason at guard. Hell, Shaq Mason didn't allow a sack at all in 2022. He's only allowed at le- he's only allowed more than one sack. Uh, I believe going back to 2017 was the last time he allowed more than one sack. I mean, wow. he's been fantastic. So your offensive line now ain't got Kenyon Green. No first round got pick. Kenyon Green. That's hey, right. You got four first round picks on the old line essentially. Sorry, three first round picks on the old yep. line. Oh, I guess if you include Laramie Thompson, which you gave up for him, you yep. have four first round picks. But you got three actual first round drafted players on the old line. Doing it big, baby. Patrick's coming back to the Texans. Yeah, Patrick is all, what'd you say? I've been stalking back. my I've been, been cyber stalking him. <laughs> He's coming looking back. at this. He's coming back. I know he is. I can you, tell. Hey, He's and the Patrick, back. I would enjoy you being back there because Rob wants a friend. Look, Rod I, needs I, a look, friend with I, him. Come on I'm, back, baby. I'm looking at it. I gotta see this draft though. I gotta I because if they if they draft a defensive lineman, oh I mean that second pick. Man. Ugh. I'm I'm with you. I, I'd be <sighs> disgusted by it. And so I can't I can't because I've been hurt too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna I drop see. a D lineman, trade down. You're gonna drop I don't got no problem dropping the D lineman. Trade down and get value in the picks. Get get yeah. more picks then, and then you can go off your quarterback next season. But if you draft a, a, a D lineman with a number two overall pick, uh, that to me shows mismanagement. That's that's malpractice, front office malpractice, in yeah. my yeah. opinion. No, Because no. there's no D lineman, in my opinion, worth that pick in this draft. Yeah. No. I, I know people are big on Will Anderson, but we saw him mm. all season not look good, especially not without a good interior D line at Alabama this year. Yeah. He, he looked like less. Uh, able to do it when he was taking on more double teams and when he was taking on more of the the pressure. Uh, I mean, Carter, I don't know if he's that guy either. Oh, you said he came in out of shape for the workout? Came yeah. in out of shape. He's got some baggage on him right now. That means that he was he was tanking. He was tanking. He, he don't want to he don't want to go there. Oh, you think yeah, he, I oh, think so. Oh, I think he might be interesting. Hey, he, he better watch out if he tanks too much. He's falling to twelve and he's still going there. Yeah, that's true too. That's true. <laughs> At a yeah. much better value, and I'd be fine with that. I yeah. love that. All right, Hart, what you got coming up on Hart's Knock Life? I'm gonna talk a little bit about this Texas baseball team. I know that we're getting close to it. I had a chance to call all three games against New Orleans, and I want to shine the light on a couple players that are starting to really, really heat up. Ooh, are we drinking Kool-Aid for N- Texas baseball yet? Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. No Kool-Aid drinking, but also but no, I'm very, no panic buttons. No panic buttons. No panic buttons. Not at all. No Kool-Aid. We're in between. Not yet. All we're, right. we're drifting. <laughs> we're drifting a little bit. You know what I'm saying? All right, we'll have the hardball <laughs> conversation about Texas baseball coming up next on Harsh Duck Life. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man who's in charge of all of our themes, at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're a part of the show. You can hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And it's kind of funny because I've been getting all these uh, text messages and and um 
on the Specs text line and on my phone mm-hmm. talking about making sure y'all get some blue chew. I want y'all to have confidence. So I want y'all to <laughs> perform at a very high level. Because exactly. even if you got swag, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with enhancing your performance. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this Texas baseball team because they have enhanced their performance over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Uh, they've been on this homestand where they're 10-0 and on this 14-game homestand. And I know a lot of people have always been talking about who they've been playing and how they're going about their business. But I want you all to truly, truly understand that when you're playing in games like this and you're getting an opportunity to find your rhythm, um, everybody's been very critical of what they were looking like after they got back from Arlington, which I was there. I got a chance to see it. And I said that if you go back and you look at those games, the Texas baseball team put themselves in positions to win those games against Arkansas. They lost three to two against Missouri, who, by the way, beat uh, Tennessee this past weekend in conference play. Missouri beat Tennessee, the number two ranked team, uh, two games this weekend. They they lost to them six to five, and the only game that they really got beat was twelve to two against Vanderbilt, who at that time was number ten. But here's the reason they got beat: they made a bunch of errors. During that time, remember, I, I called. I was like, "Man, this is too much because of the way that they've been booting balls, and it was a lot of young players, and that is why Travis Staley, who by the way has been pitching pretty good, he pitched really good his last outing." I wanted to say, I'm like, that was the only game. Then they came home and played Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. They beat them 12-2. to They played a good series against Indiana where they won the first game 4-2, to second game 5-2, to and then they lost the game on the, the getaway day 4-2 to mm-hmm. to Indiana. They played a tough game against LSU where that home run, they, they're still the number one team in the nation, and it came down to one mistake at the end of the game Dude hit a home run, and they ended up losing that game three to nothing in the ninth inning. Mm. So they were in the game, and the problem that they were having when they went out to Cal State Fullerton, they lost in eleven innings on the that Sunday, five to four. It was eleven innings. This team was in every single ball game. Then they come home and play this homestand. And I do want to say this: the pitching staff. Although people are going to say, "Well, they played North Dakota State, New Orleans, they played Mercer, and they played uh, Manhattan." Doesn't matter because if they'd have lost that, y'all'd have been pissed off. Y'all'd have been. He needs to go. He mm-hmm. need this is this is a terrible baseball team. Mm-hmm. But instead, they go out there and win, and then all of a sudden, you're you're saying, "Well, they're not playing anybody." It's like, what what do you want? They just went and played against the top ten team, and then they come back here and play well. So that is what we expected. And what did I tell you? I said they will be over 500 by the time this series is yep. over. And now they're ready to go. And one of the things and the reason why they're having so much success is the top of their lineup. The top of their lineup has been doing so good. And Peyton Powell has been a a breath of fresh air for me because he was somebody that I liked two years ago. I liked his mm-hmm. approach. I liked his presence at the play. The problem is – he couldn't find a position because if you go back and you look at the team that Texas had, who was he going to replace? Because if he were to replace somebody, y'all would have been like, why is he not playing? Why is this person not playing? 
Now all of a sudden he's getting his time at the plate. He's getting some extended at-bats. He's doing great things. He's moved up to the number two hole. He's playing third base now, and he is squaring up baseballs. But the big person that I've wanted to talk about right now is I wanted to give some love to Eric Kennedy okay. right now. EK has been doing a great job in the leadoff position. He's put up big numbers on Sunday. He went three for three with two home runs and a double, and he missed a home run. He would have had three home runs, but he missed it by like five feet. It hit the base of the wall, or else he would have had enough. And he hit it to the deepest part mm. of Dishfall. Like, you see the center field wall, and it says 400. Well, yeah. in the gaps, is 405. Man. And that's exactly where he hit it. He hit it 403. So he hit it to the deepest part of the ballpark. But not only that, he's been drag bunting. He's been getting some infield hit. He's been patient. He's been setting the table for what's been happening. Over the last nice. five games, he went. He hit 550 with Ooh. five home runs, two doubles, 10 RBIs, and nine runs scored. 550? 550 for the week. And his numbers have jumped up every single time. And I know everybody, I was, I, was, I was even one of those guys, too, that was worried. Not really worried, but I was hoping that Dylan Campbell would get going because he's a vital part of the success that this team is going mm-hmm. to have. Dylan has got his average up. A few weeks ago, before the homestand, Dylan was like hitting 149 or 159. Now he's all the way up to 234. And I know okay. people are like, what, what? I'm like, y'all right. don't understand. Exactly. Those numbers are jumping Exponentially. Yeah. And then you also, I was talking about Peyton Powell. Peyton Powell is batting 439. He's 25 of 57, six doubles, and three home runs. But mm. those balls that he had been hitting the entire time, and this goes to the same for Dylan Campbell. Dylan Campbell may not have the hits, but he has productive outs. And even David, uh, Coach David Pierce talked to me about this in one of the post games. What people don't understand is he's doing the things that are being asked of him. The numbers may not say it, but all of his outs have been loud. They've been line drives. He's hit balls hard, and you know eventually things are going to happen. I want to give some love to Porter Brown. Porter Brown's been doing a really good job in the outfield. He's an experienced player that has made a difference on this team. Garrett Gamet, the catcher. He At first I was really mm-hmm. like, I don't know about this dude. I don't know. If I'm going to like him behind the plate, but what he brings every single day, number one is experience. He brings a lot of positivity behind mm-hmm. the plate, and he works really, really hard. And And these guys look like they love playing with him, and he looks like he loves being a Texas Longhorn. And last but not least, I want to talk a little bit about the pitching staff. We've all talked about Lucas Gordon, preseason All-American, preseason uh, All-Big 12 pitcher, lefty. He's your Friday night guy. Um, You got Travis Staley, who pitched on Saturday. That was probably the best game that I've seen him pitch the entire year. He had his changeup working. He was running that fastball up there about 94, 95. He touched 95 a couple times, but his changeup was so nasty. So imagine yourself at the plate. You're seeing a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, but then he hits you with an 80-mile-an-hour changeup. I've never seen anybody change speeds that well. And not only that, he was throwing it for strikes. Like, people weren't having to swing at it. They were just being fooled because it was like Bugs Bunny. 
it was like I'm looking at all these fastballs and then I'm throwing this changeup yeah, to you. So it's like, man, they started doing better. LeBaron Johnson, hmm. he finally got moved to the weekend. I told you that's what I thought was going to end up happening because his starts were just so good. I'm like, when conference comes around, he's going to end up being on the weekend. Hmm. And here we are. He's not pitching tonight. Charlie Hurley's going to pitch tonight, the kid that transferred in from LSU as well. He's going to get the start tonight, which makes it even more so that LeBaron is going to get the first weekend start, whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. This pitching staff is starting to understand their roles as the game is unwinding. So Mm -hmm. I know that people are going to always kind of question what the conference schedule. If you go back and look at, what other teams, like Texas Tech. Texas Tech is coming in this weekend, and that's where you're going to see a true test. Texas Tech played most of the, almost all of their games at home this year. So those numbers are a little bit elevated. Mm-hmm. And I heard Coach Ty talk about this. Ty Harrington was on with B&E this morning. The problem with Texas Tech, and they're a good baseball team, and they're always going to be ready to come into Texas, they haven't been fielding the ball as well. Texas, on the other hand, their fielding is getting better and better and better each game. So being comfortable at home, being able to sleep in your own bed, it's not to be mistaken. It is definitely a good piece of it. But this team is playing solid baseball, and they're doing some of the other things that I thought they were going to be able to do. Bunt, hit and run, move guys over, playing situational baseball, hitting the ball the other way because we're never going to see those home run numbers again. Yeah. Understand that, people. do. Mm-hmm. If you go into the ballpark and you're thinking you're going to see a ton of blasts, even though I just gave you Dylan Mitchell, I mean not Dylan Mitchell, Dylan Campbell, uh, Eric Kennedy, and Peyton Powell have all been hitting the ball out of the ballpark, don't expect to see those big numbers. You're going to see home runs, but you're not going to mm-hmm. see them like we saw them last year. This is still a quality baseball team and they are going to go out there and battle. And if the pitching is on point, they can play with anybody. It's a good point. It's a good breakdown there too. I like that. Yeah. So you. So what you're watching is this team's getting better because guys are individually improving. And guys are individually. Is that the biggest reason for the run they're on? It's just individual improvement. I I like to believe so because they're under. Because again, this is a new team. These are guys that hadn't had the experience as much, except for the entire outfield. They're they're an experienced baseball team. Yeah. You got a freshman at at first base in Jared Thomas. You got a player in Jack O'Dowd who hadn't been playing um, that well from the very beginning, and I mean he hadn't had that many opportunities, and now he's getting those reps every single game because now he's the starting. Uh, second baseman. You got Mitchell Daly, who was the starting second baseman for the last two years that now has moved over to shortstop. You know, so he had to get comfortable throwing the ball across the infield again. Mm -hmm. And then you got Peyton Powell, who couldn't get on the field for the last few years, even though his bat has always been able to play, but he couldn't find a position. Now he's the starting third baseman. So they're starting to get comfortable with each other and being in the lineup every day. Like you know that. as well as I do. I mean, oh, it, like when you talk about the safeties, if y'all aren't on communication together, it's get, a problem. You're going to get beat. Yeah, Quick. you're going to get beat. Get beat. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I do believe I did say Hurley transferred from USC, not LSU. So mm-hmm. I do understand that because him and Gail Matt were together at USC. So this is a, a, a fun team, and they're making some changes that are trying to – to get ready for conference play. Because I told you when I got back, 
watching Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a fast baseball team. They're going to try to put pressure on you. And I think Texas needs to take that approach as well because you're not you can't play for the big home run every single every game cuz you don't have those type of boppers. Yeah. You got some guys that'll hit it out of the park, but they're not going to the plate with that consistent thought of I got an opportunity here to drive it out of the park. Yeah, that was last year. That was last year. Last year. New that team. Was, yeah, and this team, even though showing more power, yeah, that's that's not what they are. They gotta they gotta manufacture runs and, like you said, have to find a way to make some other plays uh, on the base pads. Uh, I like that breakdown there. And Texas baseball coming up tonight. As a matter of yeah. fact, Incarnate Word uh, they'll be facing uh, them tonight. That's why we're off early at six fifteen. So you want to stick around for that. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we got off the record on the other side. Uh, we'll dive into a number of different topics, ton of different things thrown in there and off the record Ooh. right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. Now in the horn, a couple of pieces of audio here that I want to get to uh, college football related audio. Okay, so first one is what some people are hinting and implying may have been a, a, a slight or. That Nick Saban may have taken a little shot at the <laughs> Alabama basketball program and Nate Oates and his handling of the Brandon Miller situation. Everybody remembers famously, and by the way, he apologized for this comment and later, uh, I think, said that he misspoke and, and used the wrong term and used the wrong phrasing, if, if you will. But at one time uh, when Brandon Miller was you know, was being investigated, I should say, or at least was being uh, spoken to by police, or at least they were interviewing him, I should say. Uh, The coach, Nate Oates, uh, talked about his situation and basically described it as a situation where he could have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. We all remember this. Um, In regards to Brandon Miller being involved uh, with that murder of the young lady, Jamia Miller. So named Jameer Miller, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, he was. Uh, so, um, yeah, anyway. Um, oh, I don't think it was Miller, actually. That's her, Jamia was her name. Jamea, I apologize yeah. uh, if I didn't get her, her last name correct. But anyway, uh, Nick Saban is punishing one of his own uh, football players. And he is punishing him because he got arrested. Uh, we're not going to get into the details of it. But he has been suspended from all team activities as a result. The cornerback is Tony Mitchell. He's a freshman. And when Nick Saban was speaking to the media, uh, Jameer Harris, thank you very much. Jameer Harris is her yeah. name. I apologize for missing that. Um, when he was talking to the media about this situation with Tony Mitchell, his cornerback, who he's suspending from the team, some people believe that he may have uh, kind of taken a little shot at the Alabama basketball program. And Nate Oates, here is Nick Saban. Uh, Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team. On all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate yourself with, and uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So, um, 
it is what it is, but uh, there is, you know, cause and effect when you make, you know, choices and decisions that uh, put you in bad situations. Intentional, deliberate, slight, um, taken at the all Alabama of the above. basketball program. Yes, I think okay. it was all of the yeah. above. He wanted to go about it and let him let everybody know. I don't play them games. I don't have time for it. But here's the thing that is disappointing to me on that statement. If he was taking a dig at it, the player that he was with, I mean, the the, the Brandon Miller was with a player on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. So. It's a teammate of mine, so I understand that you may you may think that we were in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever, or not going to go with that. But this is a guy that was on my team, so I, I'm going to kick it with my teammate. I just don't. I didn't know that it went to that level. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we've all been around teammates that somebody that we don't know might not have liked that person, right? Or may not have liked you. I've been there. Where, I've been with people, and they were like, "Man, I don't like hard." And they're like, I'm gone. Or I would start some trash or whatever. But if y'all there together, it's like, that's my boy. That's my teammate. So I'm not going to leave him out there to be in in the streets by himself. But my man ended up leaving anyway because he couldn't get into the club. Well, and the police decided not to charge him. (laughs) Exactly. With anything. I know. People are like, listen, I understand. We do get it. It We do get it. Just because you are found not guilty does not make you innocent. I get that. So I'm not saying that the young man is innocent, but he was, it it did not rise to criminality, whatever his uh, involvement might have been. Just, uh, and that's wrong place, wrong time. Even Nate Oates. Uh, he retracted he did. He that did. wording. It was like, hey, that's the wrong. That's the wrong wording. I shouldn't say that. So I think maybe Nick Saban's saying that the wrong place, wrong time. No such thing as that. It's all about the decisions that you make. And even Nate Oates agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, Brandon Miller has not been charged and won't be charged. Right. That, that's, that's not happening. Um, and honestly, I think he's going to be drafted in the lottery of the NBA. He will. <laughs> he will. Probably really high. Uh, okay, real quick, I want to get to this sound from Jimbo Fisher. We got a little time here. So the Aggies have started spring practice. And the Aggies have, uh, you know, they've decided, you know, uh, at least the Jimbo Fisher has decided that he's going to hire an offensive coordinator. And he hired Bobby Petrino as his OC. There's a lot of discussion about who will be the actual play caller for the Aggies. Jimbo Fisher or Bobby Petrino, he was asked about it. Here's Jimbo's response. Who who makes the play calls? Would that be him or you? Yeah, I mean, we'll go through that as we go. Go back to the back. Plan on him making calls. Plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that at all. Right side, back. Okay. So I (laughs) I actually don't know. He's calling plays, but I don't know if he's a play caller. Right, right. Right, right. We, we know based on that, he's going to call plays. We don't know if he's a play caller. And we don't know how many plays he's going to be able to call. We don't know. (laughs) Some people saying this is Jimbo Fisher just being crazy and just being uh, Boomhauer. Uh, yeah, oh man, he is uh, definitely Boomhauer. Right. Where old Hank at? What do I want to Hank? I'm going to be the Longhorn over there, right? I'll tell you. From King of the Hill. But I think it's actually smart. If people know that Bobby Petrino is going to call the plays, there's a ton of film out there about what he believes in schematically, conceptually, right. and how his offense will look. Right. Nobody has any idea how the offense is going to look because it's going to be a hybrid of Jimbo Fisher's offense and Bobby Petrino, and we don't know who's calling the plays. That is a little bit of an advantage early on for a 
Because he's going right. to figure out, is it Jimbo calling the plays? Because if it's Jimbo, we know how he's going to call it. If it's Bobby Petrino calling the plays, it's also going to be very different. So I think a little bit of gamesmanship, but also a little bit of boom hour. I mean, it's, That's definitely boom hour. It, That's Jimbo. 100% boom hour. Uh, okay, let's get to Oh, some, Hank. <laughs> let's go behind <laughs> the burnt orange curtain. Texas spring football starting up again post-spring break. We have Sark Audio. He met with the media. We'll talk about that, and we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Low basketball nuggets from Texas men's basketball headed to the Sweet 16 and the ladies with a disappointing showing last night, so their hopes and dreams are dashed. We'll talk about all that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.